hear us through your AirPods or see us on your laptop, how about meeting us in real life? Because we're taking Queer Money on the road this summer and fall. Visit QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player to find out when we'll be in your neighborhood. We've got a question for you. A big, fat, expensive money question for you. One we hope you've asked yourself. Here goes. What is my credit score costing me? We mean really costing me. You're listening to Queer Money episode 219 and we're going to help you figure out the answer to that question. Today, we're answering the question of what your credit score and subsequently your debt is costing you and give you our number one best tip for reducing that cost. We make the Queer Money episode for you, so please email your money questions to questions at debtfreeguys.com or post them in the Queer Money Facebook group and we may answer it in an upcoming episode. There's personal finance for the masses. This is not personal finance for the masses. This is Queer Money. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Capital One's checking and savings accounts have no fees and no minimums. And with one of the best saving rates in America, you can rest easy watching your money grow with no fees to bring you down. You can open an account in about five minutes, which means you are only about five minutes away from getting your savings to grow with one of the nation's best rates. So we're going to start this episode off with a disclosure, a very important <laughs> disclosure. This is a very mathy episode. <laughs> Which John hates. John hates math. So, so if you have an aversion to numbers and you're driving a car, you might want to pull over. <laughs> if you're at home, you might want to grab a glass of wine or something else. And because <laughs> your calculator and a number two pencil. <laughs> so Larry emailed questions at questions at debtfreeguys.com and asked, could you do a comparison of what various debts such as credit cards and mortgages cost based on varying credit scores such as excellent, good, fair, poor, etc." And so we thought this is perfect. We actually um, have done several videos on what we call our uh, credit card interest rate reality check because to David's point in the intro, most of us don't ask this question. What is our debt actually costing us? So often we're focused on the affordable monthly payments. Uh, yes, I can afford that minimum monthly credit card payment of $20, despite the fact that I've got $20,000 in credit card debt, or I can afford that small mortgage for that 60-year loan. <laughs> but we don't ask ourselves, well, actually, we don't crunch the numbers. It's actually, what is this costing me? What is the net expense to me? Um, and we've said several times in different platforms, but your credit score can cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars over your lifetime if you have a poor or even a fair credit score. The better your credit score is, the lower the interest rates are that you're charged, it seems counterintuitive, but the lower your interest rates are charged and the less money you end up paying to your lenders over the course of your lifetime. And also, of course, as we all know, having a better credit score can increase your chances of getting that job that you want or can help you uh, maybe even get a, an apartment. But Number-wise, what is your debt actually costing you? And that's uh, what we're talking about on this episode today. Right. We're the debt-free guys. We encourage people to pay off their debt as much as possible, especially credit card debt, student loan debt. And the reason why is because that 
basically is robbing. I, I use this saying all the time that that uh, credit card debt, especially, it anchors your f- future earnings to the past, which basically means today you're using up money in the future. When you get to the end of the month and you're like, I don't have any money. Well, that's because you spent it earlier in the month or maybe earlier in the year or maybe last year or years ago. And so if you can reduce the amount that that is costing you, you're going to have more money to be able to do other things in life like invest, save for a down payment, take that vacation. Those kinds of things are the benefit or the result of having a better credit score. And we covered credit scores back in episode two, I'm sorry, 127. And we talked about the varying ranges, but just so that we kind of have a refresher on this here, that credit scores basically go from very poor to exceptional, have a point scale that ranges from about 300 all the way up to 850. Just a quick breakdown. Exceptional, usually between around 800 to 850. Very good is from around 740 to 799. Good, 670 to 739. Fair, 580 to 669, and very poor. We know that starts out at 300, goes up to about 579. And there's strong evidence as to why it's important or why it's valuable to look at your credit score, to try to improve your credit score, and to have this kind of breakdown between credit scores. It's not necessarily to hold you down, it's more to show you the consequences of the decisions that you're making. We don't necessarily like hearing those kinds of words, right? The consequences of the decisions that we're making, but that's really what this scale is about. It tells you whether or not the decisions you're making are to the benefit of your finances or to the detriment of your finances. <laughs> exactly, and lenders use this score to see whether or not you're, you're creditworthy, whether or not you're lendworthy. And like I said earlier, it seems counterintuitive that somebody who has a, a, a low, uh, very poor, or a fair credit score ends up getting charged a higher interest rate, which makes it harder for them to afford things. Um, But the way the banks and lenders are looking at it is that they're taking on more of a risk lending you money. So they want a return on that risk. Um, Whether that's fair or not, that's a whole other episode. But that's this is the way it's structured now. And so we wanted to set a baseline here before we dive into the Einstein level math equations here (laughs) that are coming shortly. So what affects your credit score? We've also talked about this several times in the past. Um, But there are about five factors that have the biggest influence on your credit score. And the leading factor hands down by 35% is your payment history. How consistently are you paying all your bills in full and on time each month? When you are late on a payment, when you miss a payment, even if you just miss one payment, which can be very soul crushing as we've experienced ourselves, then your credit score can take a huge dig and that can hurt you if you're in the market for a loan. So the better you are with paying your bills in time and on full month after month after month, all of your bills from credit cards to mortgages to rent to whatever, the better your credit score will be. The next biggest factor in what affects your credit score is your credit utilization. Now, I know this is... Math and vocabulary. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Credit utilization is a big term, but it's pretty easy to understand. It's just the amount of the available credit that you have that you are actually using. If you have two credit cards, you're 
Available credit between the two credit cards is $10,000. Between the two credit cards, if you have $5,000 on them, you're using 50% of your available credit. Your credit utilization is just the percentage of the credit that you have available that you're actually using. The lower that utilization is, the bigger the impact upward movement is going to have on your credit score. Typically, you're going to want to shoot for something that's around 35% or less on credit utilization. Next comes in your, the age of your credit history. So how long you've been a, a, a borrower. Typically, people ask the question of, should I cut up my credit cards? And generally speaking, there are some exceptions, but we always recommend that you want to keep the credit card that you've had the longest because that has the longest credit history. And the longer, um, the minute you cut your cards up or you close your accounts, that credit history kind of goes away. And the credit rating agencies don't have access to that information. So you want to, be, you want to keep at least the credit card that you've had for the, for the longest so that the credit rating agencies can access your file as well as then lenders who are looking into your file can see, okay, this person has been a borrower of money of varying degrees for anywhere from 25, 35, you know, 40 years. So that's what your, your credit history is, the age of your credit history. And that makes up about 15% of your credit score. Next is the mix of debt. And that's basically just the kinds of debt that you have access to. So credit cards, personal loans, mortgages, home equity line of credit, all of those go into your credit mix. If you have multiples of those, your credit mix is probably going to be better. It's sometimes what they call a thin credit file or a fat credit file, I guess it's the opposite term if you have <laughs> all of pH. those. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so having multiples of those can have a better impact on your credit score. Sounds counterintuitive, but basically what they're saying is if other people trust you to have these multiple lines of credit, then other people should trust you to have even more credit. Kind of, and, kind of counterintuitive, but it actually is the truth. And then finally, you have recent activity or the number of recent inquiries. So every time that you have a hard pull on your credit, that's documented. And the more of those hard pulls that you have uh, in a short period of time, that's sort of a red flag study show that that's sort of a red flag to lenders and suggests that you, um, in a very worst case scenario, you actually might be filing for bankruptcy. The more of those pulls that you have, it's about, I think the threshold is about eight. So that's something that, that lenders and credit rating agencies look at. Um, having one or two hard pulls here and there is no consequence, but having several in a short period of time can be a red flag to all these institutions. And that's why very often when you're going for a loan or you're having your credit score looked at or whatever, you want to be sure that they're doing a, whoever is looking at your, your credit score and report that they're doing a soft pull, something that doesn't actually leave a mark. You don't want to have them do that hard pull up until it's actually, you actually want to execute on something. Like you definitely want to get a HELOC or you definitely want to apply for a mortgage or an auto loan. Um, when you're just shopping the market, you don't want to have too many of those hard pulls in a short period of time. So now we're going to dive into um, so all the credit ranges that David just outlined. They all have a cost to them, and those costs do vary uh, depending on the economy and the market and what's going on in the time. So all these numbers that are coming up here are, will possibly be different um, by the time this episode is published, and it, it will possibly fluctuate consistently here on out. But let's dive into the cost of the various ranges, David. Right. And we're going to look at these costs basically based on your credit score or the credit score ranges through the lens of what it would cost you to get a credit card that allows you to have revolving credit. So this would be a credit card you have probably in your pocket 
This is a credit card that you're going to be using regularly. Depending on your credit score, it's going to be the percentage of annual interest you're being charged on the balances on that card. And these ranges, this is going to show you just how important this is. These ranges anywhere from 14% all the, all the way up to 25%. That's a huge difference depending on the balance on your card. So if you're at the exceptional level, that 800 to, up to 850, the average interest rate you're going to have on your credit cards is going to be around 14%. You're less of a risk, so they need to make less money off of you because it's less likely that you're going to actually go into default and they have to pay off the balance of the card right? So then the next range, very good. That's at 18%. That's your credit score between 740 and 799. Then good is at 20%, 670 to 739. So you're looking here, as you, you see, as we stair step up, you see some big jumps. We went from 14% to 18%. And then we took another stair step up, 18% to 20%. When you drop into the fair and very poor, you start to hit those upper limits that credit cards are going to be charging you. For the fair credit score, 580 to 669, you're going to be looking at about 24%. And for very poor, 300 to 579, you're going to be looking at about 25%. Now, keep in mind, these are averages. You're going to see, especially in those very poor categories, we have seen credit card interest rates as high as 33%. 33% is what you could possibly be charged if you're at that very poor level. How does your bank support the LGBT community? Not at all? For Pride in June? Or 365 days a year? Capital One proudly supports the LGBT community throughout the year. Maybe it's time to support a bank that supports us. Go to debtfreeguys.com forward slash cafe for more info. Hi, I'm Louise Chernin. I am with Washington State's LGBTQ and Allied Chamber of Commerce. We are about business development, looking at everything through the eye of equality, equity, diversity, and inclusion, and investing over $600,000 a year in LGBTQ students. Join us. Check out the gsba.org. We welcome everybody. Okay, so that's the lens we looked at. Now let's do the calculations. Let's oh, the math is coming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pull over, <laughs> turn the TV off. <laughs> let's, let's take a look at what this would mean if you had $10,000 on your credit card. And when we say we have $10,000 on our credit card, what we're talking about here is the person who consistently has a balance on their card that is around $10,000 every single month, right? You're paying off what you're putting on, maybe this card is maxed out, or you just have a habit of not being able to pay down the balance on your card. So what is this really gonna cost you? So the person who has an exceptional credit score, remember that one who is being charged 14%, that's gonna cost them about $1,400 a year or $116 a month. And this is just in interest. That's the amount of interest you're going to be paying. If you're good, it's going to cost you about $2,000 a year or $167. So we just went up by $51 a month. 
If you drop into that very poor category, it's going to cost you about $2,500 a year or $208 a month. That's from exceptional to very poor. It's costing you an extra $92 a month. So look at those differences. The differences is basically $600 a year, $500 a year, $1,100 a year, depending on what your status is. So exception, comparing exceptional to good, it's an additional $600. Good to very poor, it's an additional $500. And exceptional to very poor, it's an additional $1,100. Let me ask you, what would you do if you had an extra $600, an extra $1,100? That's a lot of money that you could put to other things, right? especially when you think about that in big chunks like that. So just to provide some context, when we were in our $51,000 of credit card debt, we ran this calculation and we realized that we were spending $10,000 a year in credit card interest payments. That was just $10,000 going to banks. We were seeing no return from that. That was just for the privilege of having credit card debt. And we were like, wow, what would we do with a 10,000, what would we do with an extra $10,000? What would you do if you went into the office tomorrow and your boss gave you a $10,000 raise? You would legit not go into work the next day because you'd be on vacation in Puerto Vallarta, right? Or how you, you would have gone out and had too many bottles of wine if you're anything like us. You'd be celebrating. That'd be good news. But we willingly pay thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars simply for the privilege of having credit card debt. If you can reduce that by any means necessary, wouldn't you do it? So if you can improve your credit score and thereby reduce your credit card interest rate, that would reduce how much you're paying each year in credit card interest. That frees up more money that you can use for, as David said earlier, improve the quality of your life. Buy that home, go on that vacation, save for retirement. You could reinvest that money back and pay off your, your credit card debt principal that much faster. So that's what we're talking about when we're saying, what is your debt really costing you? It's not just that monthly payment. It's that monthly payment and much more. As David was outlining those numbers, $116 a month, $167 a month, $208 a month. For most of us, that's not even the minimum monthly payment that we're paying each month. That's considerably larger. So your interest is compounding on interest and compounding on interest and compounding on interest. And that just becomes a cycle that's almost impossible to get out of. Um, and that's why we want to ask you to ask this question of yourself. Go home, look at your credit card statements, look at your mortgage payments, look at your HELOCs and your car loans. What are you paying net in interest simply for the luxury of having credit card debt? Yes, you have the car. Yes, you have all the purchases you made with the credit cards. Yes, you have that nice home. But what is it actually costing you? Where else can you invest that money that could provide you a better quality of life? We were surprised to realize that when we paid off our credit card debt, that our actual quality of life increased exponentially. We thought it was decent with all the debt that we had and that we needed to have the credit cards to have the quality of life, but it improved exponentially when we paid off that debt. So ask yourself that question. And this is one context, right, with your credit card debt. There's multiple other contexts. You know, back on episode 214, when we talked about secured credit cards, we had a comment from the Facebook group from Keith who talked about not needing to have 
a good credit score or necessarily having access to credit, it's not that important. The question we were dealing with on that episode was this idea of using a secured credit card to help build a better credit score. And he was basically alluding to Dave Ramsey's philosophy of you don't need credit and you don't necessarily need to have a good credit score. Well, that's all well and good, right? If you don't ever have to borrow any money. It doesn't matter what your credit score is if you never have to get a job where they check your credit score. You never have to get a phone where they check your credit score. You never have to buy a car where they check your credit score. You never want to get a mortgage where they check your credit score. That's all well and good, right? But the vast majority of us, I would venture to say probably 99% of us, have to get some sort of financing to even get a somewhat of a normal lifestyle in the world today. And mortgages are one of the areas where this has probably one of the biggest impacts. There was an article on Money Talk News, a website similar to debtfreeguys.com that talks about money subjects. And I, I love the example that they gave here when they compared what a good credit score and a poor credit score would do to your interest rate on a mortgage, and then they extrapolated that out for the whole life of the mortgage. So they looked at the difference between somebody who had a credit score between 630 and 639, and they would have gotten an interest rate on their mortgage of 5.34%. Pretty low, right? Sounds reasonable. The person who has a credit score between 760 and 850 would get an interest rate of 3.751%. That's a huge difference because remember, this is over 30 years. The person with the lower credit score, the amount of interest that they would pay over 30 years, $201,610. The person with the higher credit score, they would pay $133,484. That is a difference of almost $70,000. When you think about it, In 30 years from now, if you're just thinking about getting a mortgage or you're thinking about refining, what would you do with an extra $70,000 at the end of that time frame, at the end of 30 years? You would possibly be either getting ready to retire or be in retirement. That's a whole extra year of retirement. It's also enough money to send a kid to college, right? That's the analogy or the example that, that they used on the Money Talk News site. But for the majority of us, when we think about that, that's monthly add back to our pocket, which allows us to actually maybe survive or get ahead financially. It's not all going to happen right then, but it accumulates over time and it allows you to make your money work for you rather than going to someone else. So back to the question, what is your debt really costing you? It's an important question to ask because your debt, depending upon your credit score and the amount of debt you have, could be stealing from the quality of life that you desperately want. One of the takeaways from this episode is know what your debt is costing you. Uh, We recommend, as many of you may have heard, we've recently launched the debtlasso.com and it's gotten a lot of attention from the press, especially uh, Good Morning America and ABC News. We encourage you to go to debtlasso.com and get your free debt lasso calculator. And on there, you can start crunching the numbers to see what lower interest rates would save you over time. 
Yeah, on the debt lasso tab of the debt lasso calculator, this actually allows you to enter a your current interest rate and then a projected interest rate. And that interest rate for some of you with a better credit score might be all the way down to zero if you did a balance transfer. But the idea there is it allows you to calculate what your estimated annual savings would be if you didn't change the balance you had on your credit cards. I want to talk about something else here, this whole idea of what this can do for you if you don't think about and you don't make these changes. A lot of people think that the financial industry or that the man, as you might like to refer to them, is holding you down. But sometimes it's the decisions that we make that have the impact on our financial situation that actually can be causing us to hold ourselves down, right? What does it take to actually get a better credit score? What does it take to actually improve that so that you, your cost of having debt is lower so that you're not being held down by your finances, so you're actually a little bit more free? So we want to encourage you to take this opportunity to reduce the cost of your debt, improve your credit score. And there's multiple ways to do that. And we talk about that as a part of module two of the credit card payoff plan, which is something that you can investigate if you want more information about it at debtlasso.com. It's a part of or what we share with you when you download the debt lasso calculator. So you can look at that module and see how can I improve my credit score and then how can I turn a better credit score into reducing the cost of my debt? I'm actually freeing up money to one, pay off my debt, or two, to live a better life. Yeah, when you download the Debt Lasso Calculator at DebtLasso.com, you have the opportunity to get Module 2 of the credit card payoff plan, just Module 2, not the rest of the modules, um, which will help you improve your credit score and decrease your debt overall. You have the opportunity to get that for 30% off of our normal price. So definitely take advantage of that. That is a great way to see exactly what your debt's costing you, how you can then improve your credit score to reduce what your debt is costing you, and then expedite paying off your or reducing your debt so you have less that you're paying over time. I kind of feel like at the end of this episode, we need to have that little star that goes across on the, the more you know. know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, But the truth is, the more you know, the more you know, the more you're likely to make the right decision. doesn't necessarily mean you're going to make the right decision because we've all done that, right? I mean, I made a lot of stupid decisions in my life, even though I knew that probably wasn't the smartest decision. But the more you're, you know about how this is affecting your life, how it's affecting your finances, the more you have the chance to make the better decisions. And all those choices lead up to where we're at in our lives today. And as Maya Angelou said, when you know better, do better. Thank you for listening to another episode of Queer Money. Here's your Queer Money takeaway for this episode. Go to debtlasso.com to get the Debt Lasso Calculator and Module 2 of the Credit Card Payoff Plan. We make the Queer Money Podcast for you, so please email your money questions to questions at debtfreeguys.com or post them in the Queer Money Facebook group, and we may answer it in an upcoming episode. Thanks again, and have a great week. This podcast is sponsored by Capital One. Capital One is redesigning the banking experience by offering simple, straightforward, and seamless ways for you to bank from almost anywhere, so banking fits into your life, not the other way around. From Los Angeles, California to Winooski, Vermont, we're taking queer money on the road. 
Join us as we gamify personal finance with Queer Money Bingo or catch our signature Live Fabulously Not Fabulously Broke Talk and so much more in between. Check out QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player regularly for date and location updates.